Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Retribution reveals. Not a lot. They revealed some stuff. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It is September 14th. Let me see which camera I'm looking at. Okay, got the right one rocking. I am joined by Denise Salcedo. Denise, happy podiversary. I brought balloons. <laughs> you have, I feel so unprepared, but happy podiversary. The day has finally come. I cannot believe that it's been a whole entire oh, year wow. of Raw Post shows. And I brought a little drink in this wine glass. It is Minute Maid Fruit Punch. But Denise. Oh, man, I'm so unprepared for this podiversary. I know. And I got you something, Denise. I brought it in this gift bag. I'm terrified to see what's in it. Well, Why am I scared? I got you a little bit of something. Wait, what? It's Val Venus. <laughs> no. Your favorite. No. Is this, this is a big time troll job. It's Val Venus, the Taylor no. Swift of wrestling. But here's the, the thing. The Taylor Swift of wrestling? Yes. No. The Taylor no. Swift of wrestling as I try to try to fix my lighting here. Um, but here's the thing, Denise. I know that you are more subdued. So in addition, I, I got you the right to censor version of Val Venus because he's more innocent. Wait, did I just get called a prude on, live on the air? I is, that, is that what happened here? I would never do that. I'm just saying you are more innocent. We have progressively turned you heel and corrupted you over the past year. Now everyone's going to think I'm in love with Val Venus. You, oh, my God. We were the ones that corrupted you, and you did a podcast with a guy whose signature move was running his wiener into somebody's face repeatedly. Like, you did a show with X-Pac for a long time, but we corrupted you. How amazing is that? <laughs> I 
I honestly, this has been my downfall, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I was never expecting to be the hammer. I was never expecting to overthink my face on the blue chew reads. I mean, things have definitely happened in the last year that I can't even believe. And yes, you guys have, have, have corrupted me officially. Like it's done. I could never look at the mailman the same ever again. Uh, I mean, my life is just falling apart right now. And BTW, let me just state for the record that I do not have a crush on Val Venus, for those of you who are wondering. You for sure do. You admitted that you did. You've got a big no, time I did crush. It. You've got no, a big I did time it. crush on him. Yeah. I did it. I did not. I mean, at that time, I said that I would never that I necessarily wasn't opposed to being one of those girls that get called up, but that was back in the day, okay? Wow. All right, that's it. I'm just digging my hole deeper. I'm out. I'm out. Man. Now your fiance really isn't going to pay attention to you during football season. You've lost him now. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm already not being paid attention to him during football season. I know my role. Well, guys, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. I'm going to go ahead and get the plugs out of the way. I did a newscast today free on Fightful.com. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel, actually, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Check it out. If it can generate some super chats, me doing these somewhat regularly, I'll keep doing them. That's the most important aspect. It's got to generate uh, money for Fightful for me to do it. But today I also dropped the Backstage Report podcast over on FightfulSelect.com. Hear about Britt Baker. Hear about AOP. Hear about Miro's contract in AEW. That is on FightfulSelect.com where you get all kinds of exclusive news every single day. I'm giving you exclusive news. But I also do a show every Monday now with Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes. Go check that out on their feed. But we just got stuff nonstop. The Distraction Podcast will be live tomorrow. How about this? A free preview of the Fightful Select Retro Review live tomorrow. Louis Dangor, Alex McCarthy reviewing Unforgiven 2000. We're just bringing you a lot of stuff on these non-pay-per-view weeks. But we do have Monday Night Raw to talk about. Donate a super chat, get your question or statement read live on the air. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, and now I can stop plugging stuff. Denise, what'd you think of this show? It was not a bad show. So prior to the first appearance of Retribution, I was about to tweet out, you know what, this has been a very good Raw. And then after that, we had some unfortunate moments that happened throughout the show. But honestly, I thought this Raw was a lot better than last week's. I thought it was a big difference, and I thought a lot happened. I enjoyed myself today. Yeah, I mean, they, they could have done a lot worse, I'll say that. There are still some tropes that I wish they would get over, but then there are some things where... I don't think it's so bad, and I think that they could uh, they could find a way to, to make some of this stuff work. Raw Underground was good and bad, but we're going to get to I hated it. All... Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I hate it every week, though. <laughs> and there was, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily like about it as well. Blue Chew Dudley, thank you for the super chat. We're going to go ahead and get into some of them. Sitting on my bed says, I would define this Raw as, eh, and I get it. The thing that I liked was there were some first-time matches. However, I know we're about to see Cedric Alexander face Ricochet, and Kevin Owens is about to face Aleister Black about seven more times, Denise. 
Yeah, I definitely see it coming. And here's the thing is that if they didn't have like these weird finishes that we keep seeing throughout the show or all these like silly distractions, I necessarily wouldn't always hate it. But I do think I do agree with you. And you've said this before is that there has to be certain matches that are saved for the pay-per-view. I think one of those would have definitely been uh, Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, Kevin Owens, Aleister Black. I think those are matches that I would have preferred to not necessarily see on Raw, which at the same time, I can't say that. I can't talk that much smack about that, though, because at the same time, I also want something different to happen on Raw from what we've been normally seeing. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword here. I'm getting new stuff, but I also would have preferred to see it at a later time at a bigger scale like a pay-per-view. Queen Hannah says that Denise is hashtag wholesome. She is. That's not that's not even a gimmick. That she just really is wholesome. Actually, I think the correct hashtag is awkward because just like this type of stuff makes me awkward. I wouldn't necessarily say wholesome, just awkward. <laughs> you know what? I'm right there with you. Madman Max says, SRS, how about those Dallas Stars? I have not been watching hockey. That's been something that I've kind of had to compromise and, and not watch. Wait, pause. This time. Pause. I don't know anything about football. You know that. But I did watch your team like the last few minutes not look so great. And I did get that, though. So I should bring that up. I mean, I, I saw what happened. That was that. That is an understatement. I, I couldn't even be heartbroken. I couldn't even... I just couldn't. I was laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's what I have chosen as a Bengals fan at this point. Oh, man. Well, this show started off with Drew McIntyre coming out. No, uh, no Randy Orton this week. Nowhere to be found. And probably the right thing since he got beaten up really bad by Drew McIntyre. Uh, but we got Dolph Ziggler on commentary. What did you think about him working instead of Joe? I like Dolph Ziggler on commentary. I mean, I won't necessarily say I preferred him over Samoa Joe, but I did think that he brought a lot to the table. He never said anything that felt out of place. If anything, I kind of felt like he was very excited about what he was talking about. And there were certain matches where I felt that he elevated what he was doing. Uh, for example, with the Oscar-Mickey James match, you can tell that he was very excited to talk about this match, to talk about both women in the ring. And it, it even got to the point where you can tell he kind of had to get caught off cut off a little bit because he had so much to say and I liked that though I thought that he brought a lot of fun to the commentary tape to the commentary booth he wasn't necessarily just saying the same old sound bites that we hear over and over again this felt like somebody who was giving a legit analysis of what they were watching and just it was very enjoyable I think and I liked him a whole lot more than I thought I would have on commentary yeah, that's the thing. He's going to get compared to Samoa Joe an awful lot, but I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I like him in what he did. I thought, especially, which we'll talk about, Cesaro and Nakamura, him kind of finger-wagging them for losing. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought he did uh, pretty well there. But uh, this brought out Drew McIntyre, not, not Ziggler, but Drew McIntyre was brought out. He said that he was asked to take time off, but he rejected it so he wouldn't have to vacate the title, and he's walking around with a fractured jaw and talks about the ambulance situation. Ugh, an ambulance match is such a bad idea, but he says that's what's going to happen with him and Randy Orton. This ain't a good idea, Denise. 
It's not a good idea, and unfortunately, the whole entire segment fell flat. I thought this was one of the maybe weakest uh, moments that we've seen for Drew McIntyre on Raw, one of the weakest opening Raw moments, in my opinion, because it just completely fell flat. It, I didn't really, I didn't feel like what I'm supposed to be feeling when Drew was, you know, saying all these things about Randy Orton. It just didn't click there. And the whole ambulance match, I was not psyched for it. And I know the purpose was for us to be like, oh, ambulance match. Yes. I did not get that reaction whatsoever. So because of that, this fell flat for me. Reminder, guys, we will get to your super chats as the segment is covered on this show. So if you think we skipped it, we didn't. I take them all down. Uh, Drew tells the story of the Claymore. He actually told that in an interview that we did last year as well about how his pants were too tight and he went for a kick and he almost split them and ended up kicking somebody in the head and thought, you know what? I like this move. I'm going to keep it. Adam Pierce comes out. How are you liking Adam Pierce as, as a figurehead, so to speak? I personally think he's doing it pretty well. I love it. He's believable. And if he's believable, that's like the main thing that I can ask for anybody in a role like that. You have to make me believe that it's real, that it's true. And he's doing the He's doing the job. He's very authoritative, but not in that manner where you think that somebody couldn't threaten him or or anything like that. I'm really digging it. I like that they have their officials be officials. He says that if Keith Lee beats Drew tonight and Randy Orton can't make it to the pay-per-view, Lee versus McIntyre will happen there for the title. Keith Lee comes out and shakes Drew's hand. By the end of this night, which we'll get into more of it, by the end of this night, I was really excited to see them face each other. Honestly, I was too. I thought that this was a nice build towards that. The thing that I actually did like about the segment was the tension between Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, where it's kind of like neither of them are bad guys. We know that. And at the same time, though, they both had that like tough exterior of like, yeah, I get it. You're a good guy, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to let down my guard for you. And I thought that came across very nicely with on both Drew and Keith Lee's behalf. So I did like the tension between, uh, both of them here. So we have a super chat. It says, morning from the Netherlands. Now that you have tried my name, Sean, I challenge Denise to try to pronounce my name. Have a good show. His first name is David. His last name is spelled D-I-K-K-E-R-S. Dickers? <laughs> you said Dickers. D-I-K-K-E-R-S. I'm not allowed to, to curse. It is hashtag no profanity September. I'm raising some money for charity. Up next is the Street Profits defeating Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. They are using the brand-to-brand Invitational, which they have confirmed is quarterly. This was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be, um, and I'm okay with it. Street Profits got a clean-as-a-sheet win. Uh, some spots in the match. Cesaro cracked Dawkins with a European uppercut. I thought that was a good way to get out of maybe doing the typical chain wrestling. Dawkins killed Nakamura with a clothesline. They caught Montez on a dive and powerbombed him into the barricade. Cesaro hit another really good uppercut, and I liked the finish. Dawkins did a blind tag, and when Cesaro did a superplex, he did a, uh, Dawkins hit him with a flying splash, pinned him. I, I didn't mind this at all. I mean, I you know, I'm not big on champions losing, but other champions beat him. It was clean. If you're going to do this, I would rather it be clean than the same cheap finish that we always see 
How'd you feel about this, Denise? I actually enjoyed this match, even though it wasn't obviously that long or anything like that. I thought that everything that they did served a purpose, so I actually enjoyed it. And the thing is, too, is that we're finally, we were finally seeing the Street Profits versus somebody that wasn't Andrade and Angel Garza. So at least we kind of saw something a little bit more refreshing. I did think, though, that Angel Dawkins was the highlight of this match. I mean, for the small portion that he had in there, man, he was working it, and he stood out out for me even if it was just a short brief moment I thought he was the reason why uh this match was interesting to me uh the quarterly brand to brand invitation they didn't call it quarterly the last time they did it they they updated this rule and as we'll learn later on they just make up rules as they go which it's their they reserve the right to because it's all make-believe but do you think this will stick to quarterly and do you think that this rule will even be around next quarter I don't know if it'll still be around next quarter but I just feel like there has to be something done right now it still things feel so slim like there isn't very many like options for different matchups and whatnot so I do think that that would help but I don't know if it would still if it would still remain quarterly or not I don't know I thought this was an okay use of that but man if you're gonna use a free jump ship I would think that it would be on somebody besides Nakamura and Cesaro in a random champion versus champions match. I thought they would go a little bit bigger, but then again, but last... at the same time, they need it more because the tag team division is practically non-existent. So oh if anything, they probably used it more as a resource of like, Hey, like we can't be putting these guys up the same people over and over. So let's use this and, you know, have them put something new on the table. So I see it more as, it was something that needed to be dumped just because there were no other options. And, uh, yeah, we will get more into the, the tag team thing in a bit. Oh, my God. But I, I thought this was fine booking. It was just, it was fine. Madman Max in the Super Chat and says, Who has the better single leg drop kick, Drew McIntyre or Roderick Strong? I think that Drew's probably hits harder and Roderick's is probably a lot faster. I'm going to go with Drew because he, yeah, because... I would go with Roderick. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair, too. That's fair. David Dickers sends a super chat and says, Well, Denise said my name correctly, so congrats. Took Sean. Oh, it is correct? I thought yeah. I was wrong. And it's not Uh-oh. a curse. If it's my real name, even though I respect it, go and get that charity money. Hey, that's why I could get away with saying Dickers. Repeatedly. Dickers. That's not a bad word. Well, R-Truth and Liv Morgan are getting that Kit Kat money, Denise. Yeah, I hate Kit Kat. Are you a Kit Kat fan? I love Kit Kat. Kat. What? Oh, I don't. I don't Why? like it. If I eat a Kit Kat, I don't like the, the crunchy stuff in the middle. I just like the wafer. Yeah, the wafer. I don't like that. Like, I'll eat the edges, <laughs> like just the chocolatey part, but I don't like the wafer. I don't know. You, I just don't like it. You probably eat Milky Way or Three Musketeers. Oh my god, I love Three Musketeers and oh. Milky Way. Those are so good. And Twix. And oh, Milky Way is delicious. Milky Way has gone higher up on my list. Like, I like Milky Way more than I like Snickers. I know. What kind <laughs> and, of pleb eats Milky Way or Three I like Butterfingers. I, I like Butterfingers. Butter I love Twix. No, that. we're trashing you right here, Denise. We're trashing Dude, you right here. I'm sorry. Three Musketeers is freaking awesome, and so is York. Oh, okay. Ugh. First off, 
Milky Way and Three Musketeers are like, okay, they they dissected a Snickers and took it apart and just made individual candies out of all the things that didn't that should not have been their own. Nougat should not be on its own. Caramel should not be on its own. It needs the peanuts. It needs the chocolate. It needs the... No, it's delicious. I'm sorry. Terry Allen Jr. says, Sean, Wednesday, will you watch the PS5 show at 4 p.m.? I assume that is some sort of PS5 reveal. I will not. I will wait until afterwards and have somebody that knows a lot better than I cover it. Now, if if there's something wrestling or MMA related, yes, I will be covering that. Um, good for our truth and Liv Morgan. They have great taste in candy bars, unlike Denise. They run. You know a video- what? I'm not going to apologize for that. Team Milky Way. That's hideous. I'm offended. You pro- you probably dip your Milky Ways in ranch. Uh, Eloqu- no, that's disgusting. Eloquent says, Denise, rate Mars bars on a scale of 1 to 10. I don't think I've had a Mars bar. Yeah, I don't even know what a Mars bar... I mean, I've heard of a Mars bar. Yeah, I haven't had it, unfortunately. It's, Mars bar is... Okay, so Milky Way's caramel and chocolate. Three Musketeers is nougat and chocolate. Snickers is all of those plus peanuts. And there's Baby Ruth. Okay, but Mars is a Snickers without the peanuts, is what it is. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't had it. So terrible. Left Twix or right Twix, says Mr. Big Bad Bean. Okay, while we're on this Twix tangent, I love Twix, right? I love it. They're wonderful. But there's a big problem. 90% of the time you buy a Twix, they're stale. Really? That doesn't happen to me. But I have this thing where I don't eat my chocolate right away. I put it in the refrigerator and let it get cold, and then I eat it. I can't have warm chocolate. Me too. I'm with you there. Zach Barber says, you lost me at hating Kit Kats, but won me back with three musketeers. Our viewers have shot through the roof during this conversation. Tends to be the case on Mondays. They run a video for Mandy Rose on Raw. Who is going to SmackDown in this blockbuster trade, Denise? Yay. <laughs> Five stars. Ugh. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with them moving people, but the last thing that SmackDown needs is less women on their roster. They, they dust off Tamina every couple months, and they say, let's put you in a top contender match. It's so weird to me. It's so yeah, I me. get that, especially when we've been talking about every single week the fact that we never see Bianca Belair, and she's technically raw and we haven't even seen her so but you know what though i i'm excited for mandy at the same time but i i because i feel that she's she's definitely improved in the last like several months and so i can't necessarily like hate the fact that she's coming to raw but i do think that she might have been needed more on smackdown but at the same time she might have just done about all that she can do on smackdown come up here for raw and try some new faces I agree. Uh, They need to send somebody to SmackDown, and they need to send somebody high-level to SmackDown because everybody's already competed for that title there. Now, they they can use Nia and Shayna, but they probably won't for a while. Also, my wife keeps chiming in and agreeing with your candy bar takes. Uh, 
Oh, okay. So then I'm sorry, Sean, but I win this conversation. I, I finally win one. I'm tired of being trash. And BTW Pizza with Ranch is delicious. I don't care what anyone says. Oh. It's amazing. And now I have it all the time. Like, I get mad if my pizza does not come with ranch. But honestly, though, I win on this chocolate conversation. Oh. Madman Max says, how come WWE doesn't just have one male tag team championship like the women's and have both tag team champions free to go to either show to defend their titles? Well, I think they will, but Denise, they shouldn't have to. The talent pool of men is a lot bigger, a lot wider. They should not have to do this. They book themselves into doing this, Denise. And that leads me to our next segment. Lana complaining backstage to Angel Garza, flirting with him. Uh, that Natalia didn't get a title shot. Zelina approaches, goes off on Garza. Garza says he's done with it. Zelina's done with it. Andrade and Garza fight. What'd you think about this? What'd you think about uh, the, the super chat posed to us as well about tag teams? Because I got plenty to say about that. Well, even I think personally, just a personal choice, even if they had all of these tag teams coming up and all of that, I still like the idea of just one tag team belt just so that they can go ahead and bounce back and forth between shows. I would prefer that. However, going into this Angel Garza Andrade situation, it had to be done. It had to be done. They weren't going to be able to keep them as a tag team any longer when, again, there's no really other tag teams to face. And they had been teasing this breakup for a quite some time now. And obviously, it finally snapped last week. So we're finally seeing this. However, so I have two two things to say about this. One is that I'm really excited about Angel Garza Andrade going at it. I've been saying it since the beginning. I knew the second that they were going to put them up against each other. Once they were going to have their breakup, I knew it was going to be hot. However, my second worry is that after Andrade and Angel Garza are done feuding with each other, I'm worried as to where they're going to go and fall back into place in this ros on the roster. Because from past histories, you sort of see that once you're sort of done, with certain people, you tend to not really put them up against other people that you would like to see them put put up against. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't be seeing guys like Andrade, you know, working with guys like Drew McIntyre or Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins or whoever it may be. And so my concern, too, is that after their feud is done, what is going to happen to them? So that's why the premature uh, tag team breakup is both good and bad at the same time. So over the past two weeks... Viking Raiders, they're on the shelf. You, there's nothing you can do about that. Ivar got hurt. That sucks. Over the last two weeks, WWE have broken up the Iconics, the Golden Role Models, Andrade and Garza, Murphy and Rollins. Um, am, am I missing somebody? Cedric and Ricochet. They released AOP. Um, Kofi Kingston is supposed to be good to go, but Big E's got his singles push going. The Forgotten Sons are not on TV. They have teased breaking up Lucha House Party. It is embarrassing. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. And they had plenty of teams. Uh, plenty. It's real unusual that they just, they, they don't see it. I, actually, I'm writing an article for the next WrestleTalk magazine about how badly WWE has fumbled this. Everybody can relate to growing up and having a brother, a cousin, a friend, even a sister now that you wanted to win the tag team titles with. Like you wanted to share that joy. Everybody can relate to doing something with their best friend or finding common ground with an enemy. 
WWE does not understand it. Vince McMahon does not understand it. It is so easy to play off of somebody when you have when you have those personalities. Edge and Christian, they were able to play off of one another and become more popular as a result. Um, I, I love tag team wrestling. You see how well it's serving AEW. Almost everybody in AEW is in a team, except for John Moxley, Darby Allen, maybe Michael Nakazawa. Almost everybody else is in a tag team. I wish they would well, here, do that. Well, here's the thing, too, is that if I go back and I look back at when I started watching wrestling, like one of the things that always captivated me and kept me like being like really, really excited about was all the different matchups, like all the TLC matches, all the really cool tag team matches that you saw. You just mentioned Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, the Douglas. I mean, those are people that I, as a kid, I looked forward to. Like there were certain guys that, you know, singles competitors that I looked forward to. But I recall looking most forward to seeing the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian in action. Like that was my thing. And that's what made me excited to tune in, you know, every week and watch the pay-per-views and whatnot. And I mean, you mentioned AEW. I think in terms of tag teams, they have the best tag teams right now on their roster. And even with that, I want to see more tag team wrestling on AEW. I mean, I've been nonstop talking about, you know, Jurassic Express, the Lucha Bros, Santana and Ortiz, who I still think they could do so much more with. And so it's kind of like give and take, you know, obviously every it's like AEW has the weaker women's division and then they're struggling with that. But WWE is struggling with the tag team division. So I almost feel like if they 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 exchanged things a little bit more met in the middle, we would be satisfied with both. But hey, it is what it is. The difference is I see AEW taking steps to improve that. I mean, they signed Chris Statlander after Dynamite had started. They brought in Serena Deeb, Eva Lise. They're bringing back Thunder Rosa. They brought in Diamante. They're taking steps. WWE is not taking any steps to repair their tag team division. They're actively dismantling it. And that's very frustrating to me. But I think it's because there's more of an outcry. There's more of a backlash for when the women aren't treated right. I mean, I don't really see a lot of people online saying, like, I want a better tag team division. I want a better tag team division. I don't really see that for how we see when you know, the women's division isn't necessarily getting the proper respect or the proper push that it should be seen. So maybe that's part of the reason why they're not necessarily seeing it as a priority. I mean, I don't know if that's something that is needed to be con- for it to be considered a priority, but that's just one of the major differences that I see in terms of social activity and social interaction. Well, AEW's only existed since last year, so, I mean, it's going to be fresh on people's mind. WWE have been doing this with tag teams since 2003, Like, really, after SmackDown became its own brand and they had the SmackDown 6, it's it's been, the the year after that, they've kind of just pushed that tag team division all the way down. And NXT isn't much better, as as Kyler James points out. But one of those teams that got split was Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. They had a good match, uh, but MVP is out there cutting a promo. He says Shelton is upgraded from the gold standard to platinum status. Cedric says that he's worried about business, not friends, and he's interrupted by Ricochet and Apollo, who I hope are a team now. I would love to see them as a team. But they didn't come to beg him. They came to let him know they're coming after him. What did you think of these these promos, this collection of promos that we saw? 
This was the best I've seen in terms of Cedric Alexander. I wasn't expecting all of this out of him. He he took he took me by surprise tonight. I wasn't expecting for him to come out with all of this attitude. I was expecting for him to sort of fall short of expectations, but he did not. And same thing for Ricochet. He came out what he had to say he seemed legitimately pissed off at Cedric I thought this was great and I also want to mention that I thought in terms of all of all the Raw since the Hurt Business became a thing I thought that tonight was the best showcase for them out of every single past Raw I mean this this Raw the Hurt Business they earned my respect like I wasn't a big fan of theirs to begin with it took me a really long time to become a fan of the Hurt Business and after tonight I thought they did a lot of uh, awesome things that kind of put them over in my book but I was pleasantly surprised by both Cedric and Ricochet here. A bunch of people in the chat saying oh but Brizango are the ta tag champs yeah let me know how the rest of that NXT tag division is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. There's almost nothing there. Legato del Fantasma, who are henchmen, and then Imperium. Okay. Ivar comes out, helps even up the odds by attacking Lashley. I didn't like that early on this match was more about distractions than it was about the natural ability between these two. It quickly turned into that. Like, there was a, a full Nelson suplex, and I loved the finish. Ricochet did this run-up flip off of Cedric, walked right into the Michinoku driver, and then the lumbar check with an amazing sell. The finish of this, Denise, awesome. I Okay, so before I get to... I have to agree. The finish was incredible. It's like if he bounced off a trampoline, okay? Like, he flew, okay? But one of the things that I did notice during this match, and I wanted to mention earlier, but I forgot, but I do want to say that Dolph Ziggler, I think, added a whole lot to this match because he was the one that was sort of giving a really in-depth analysis of Ricochet and why he made these decisions and all of this stuff. So I thought he added a really good background uh, setting for this match to begin with. I mean, Rick Ricochet, he showcased athleticism that he always showcases, and he just works so great with Cedric Alexander. We already know that. And honestly, if these guys were really given that, you know, uh, a bigger, an even bigger platform, I think that they can definitely have some of the, if they were allowed to just like go and do their thing, I think that they would have some of the best matches right now in WWE. Uh, they can work a style that isn't necessarily seen throughout the entire company. So I do like what they brought tonight. I mean, it was short, but it gave me a nice uh, taste of what they can do together. Give me six, seven minutes of them just going full speed. That's all I need. And it would be good, and it would be a spectacle. And unlike anything else on the show, I'm, I'm exactly. completely fine with that. The arena lights and monitors go out, and we get the Retribution logo. <laughs> Yay. So they pop up, and they admit that they're Performance Center veterans and say they'll reveal themselves eventually. Then a ton of people show up in the background of the shot. What did you think of this? So... I like that they finally said who they are because at some point we had to know. I mean, if you're, if you're just watching TV, you're not engaging in social media, you don't know what the theories are and you're just watching, at some point it's going to be like, okay, who are you? What is your purpose? What's happening here? We have no members that have necessarily been revealed, no leaders that have been revealed. So them actually saying this is, our, this is who we are and this is our purpose was the biggest uh, gain I think that we've gotten thus far with Retribution. 
Well, if your member has been revealed and it didn't go quite well, it needs a little bit more training and it's out for retribution. Our friends at Blue Chew can help you out. That's right. You won't have to walk around embarrassed with a mask on. Oh. Your member will be loud and proud and effective. It'll go straight to the main roster. It'll it'll be a little bit raw maybe at times, but hey, that's that's a you thing. That's a you thing. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work a lot better. Work a lot. It, it's cheaper, too. My God, it's cheaper, too. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office. Prescribed online, shipped straight to your door. <sighs> it's ready whenever you are, and if you're not ready, it gets you there. You're not going to have to, like, go get with your friends and like change your voice because you're so embarrassed of the way that things have been, you'll be able to show your face. Things will go so well. You might trend at number one and be called Mr. America's penis. What? I'm sorry. I was waiting for you to bring it up. I don't know the reference. Captain America, he he accidentally, uh, he accidentally, Chris, uh, Chris oh, Evans accidentally no. showed his his dong, his his thing. Oh, he accidentally no. leaked his nudes. It was a well, thing. You said, Wait, you, you didn't said know? Mister America, not Captain America. Mister America yeah, is Hulk Hogan. But I went, but I went with a different with a different approach. Okay, you know what? I tried, all right. I tried with adding to your Bluetooth read, and I completely messed it up. But oh, I was trying to say Denise. like, you're Mister America gonna be top top trending america's penis whatever i'm out i tried it was a botch oh denise no (laughs) this is why i don't do the blue cherries i'm out continue on man this is the best potiversary ever oh denise botched that so bad guys no, but it was intentional, though. It was intentional. That, I didn't want to call it that. I was going a different direction. That was the, this was that intentional. Was the, that was the three musketeers of Blue Chew Reads. Let me tell you that much. Oh. Like, you know what, Sean? You know what, Sean? I'm mad now because you know what? You're not going to be trending at number one. All right? That's it. Oh, man. Yes, <laughs> Blue Chew, and you'll trend at number one. Don't accidentally oh, reveal use it. That, use that code Fightful. You get your first shipment free. Oh, man. Just pay $5 shipping. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Dang, man. I almost cursed on No, no Profanity <laughs> September. Just use that code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. Yeah, let them know you heard about them from us. Oh, Denise, man. I give up. I quit. I'm out. <laughs> I serve no purpose here. Oh, man, that was good. That's pretty good. Okay, so... <laughs> as far as retribution goes, I like the breadcrumbs because there were many, and we'll get to more later on. But Adam Pierce goes off on security. The Hurt Business say that she they should be raw security. And Adam Pierce goes, well, thank you for volunteering. And they laughed at the idea of volunteering, which I love. They shouldn't volunteer. I'm all for that. 
Denise, how do we how do we come back from what you just say goodbye to your credit card rewards? Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, you're speaking and I'm, in, I'm, in, and I'm internally cursing my own self out. While we're on the subject of the Hurt Business, MVP is on commentary. Bobby Lashley beats Eric pretty quick. I'm pretty glad they stopped calling that one move. It's the Yokosuka Cutter. Glad they stopped calling it the Dominator. It ain't the Dominator. It's a different move. But Eric gets put in the full Nelson with Ivar on the shelf. I get the feeling we're probably not going to see Eric around much because that's what they do. This was a nothing match. Nothing. No hype. I didn't have any sort of, you know, I wasn't looking forward to it when it came out, and nothing happened. So backstage, Rollins tells Murphy that all is well. All is forgiven. Then he slaps him repeatedly and tells him to stay away. Man. It's abusive. That's some tough love. It is. That's some very, very tough love. They've been watching a little too much Big Little Lies. Because that was aggressive. What do you think of Dominic's remixed music? I liked it. It took me by surprise for a second. And I was like, wait, is this new? Uh, I liked it. So we have a cage match and abrupt cut. You know what? This doesn't feel quite right, just doing it like this. This is our pod anniversary show. So, Denise, you won't be able to see this, but the viewers will be. There we go. This is a little bit more appropriate. Now we're in a cage, Denise. Oh, I was like, what, what's happening? Because I don't have the video on. Denise, here's the thing. We've been here every week for 52 weeks, just like Rey Mysterio and Dominic. They've wrestled each other 52 times, but now they're in a cage. So that's what we're doing. People aren't going to get bored of us now because you and I are inside of a cage. I'm so excited. (laughs) You should be because this makes it worth it. We We can keep going. It's all fresh. It's all new. Um, I don't have a kendo stick here, but after that blue chew read, I might have hit you with it. Um, I have what. a lighter. I can just there. Know, that's I all I've got. Got some markers. I've got some markers. I'll throw you a highlighter. I've got you markers. Know. I've got markers. I'm on Quizzlemania all the time because I'm really good. But Ray hands Dom the cane, <laughs> and here's the thing: these two have great chemistry, and they should because they wrestle. Every week, Denise. 
Yes, but you know what? I can't see. I can't talk. I can't say that I completely hate it. I get it. We want some new fresh opponents for him, but at the same time, we've been seeing Dom do different types of matches. We've been seeing him in different, you know, settings, different environments. So I feel that that, if anything, that's really helping him out. And yeah, he may just be used to working with Seth Rollins right now, but I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a reason as to why. And right now, it sort sort of still feels like it's working, just because they're they're making it very. Very, very story driven. I mean, if this was just match after match with no actual story, no reasoning behind it, then okay, I would be like sick and tired of it. But I think the fact that they've added different elements to it, it sort of adds to this whole uh, feud with Seth and Dom. I think they could have done it with a couple of less matches. I don't think we needed this many matches. Like, we didn't need them in the top contender tournament to face each other. Rollins could have beat somebody else. Uh, I will never get tired of seeing that superplex into the Falcon Arrow. I love it. My issue with this match was it didn't make any sense. Dominic is trying to climb out at first, but then after Murphy accidentally slams the door into Rollins' head, Dominic knocks Murphy off the top, and then he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going back in. Why didn't he just climb out, Denise? I don't know. Maybe he just had a change of heart. It was so weird. It was so weird, but I'm glad that Rollins got the win. Rollins should always win uh, when it's one-on-one against Dominic until, like, way, way down the line. When I want to see Dominic beat Rollins is, like, two or three years from now when Dominic is good with everybody, and then I want Rollins to kind of give him that respect down the line because he's the guy that Dominic just can't beat. Well, that's exactly what I was wondering. Like, when, how is this going to end? He's, he, it's either going to end with him earning Seth Rollins' respect at some point, or the other alternative is, is Dom just betraying Rey Mysterio out of nowhere. But I don't necessarily see that as the best option, just because I have said this. I do think that uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio as a tag team would work out a lot better. So it's kind of like, where do we go from here? Because this is a storyline that, you know, started so dramatically. I mean, eye for an eye. And now we've come to this. So you just don't forget something like that. So I'm very curious as to how they're going to tie the knot on this one. I loved the post-match. Seth Rollins goes up to Buddy Murphy, and he's like, there, there, it's all right, and then attacks him brutally. And I love the line that Seth Rollins gave to Angie, Rey Mysterio's wife. He looked at Rey's daughter. Her name escapes me. My apologies. Uh, Alicia. 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 Looks at Aaliyah and says, hope she turns out better than him. And she, like, shows a little bit of sympathy to Buddy Murphy. Not a ton, but a little bit. That's some stuff I like. That's something that I like. Just a little bit. A little bit of story. Something subtle. They didn't pay. They didn't mention it a ton. They didn't beat you over the head with it. They didn't cut to six replays about it. That's the stuff I like. Uh, Dizzy C says, Seth telling Angie at the end that she has a hell of a son but hopes her daughter turns out better was such a good heel line. But also, I want to know if Aaliyah is training now. Right? Because they've been incorporating her. And she, she, I mean, I'm sorry, but she looks great, okay? Like, she looks phenomenal. So I can definitely see her, you know, maybe going that direction if that's something that she chooses. But I haven't heard of anything of her training or anything like that. But, man, if she goes for it. I I honestly would love for her to go for it. But then again, a lot of Dominic's training was largely in secret. He didn't have matches. 
Like, we just heard about him going to schools and, like, ah, maybe he'll be ready in a few years. Well, as it turns out, he's ready. He's ready. Maybe they'll take a different approach. Who knows? Evan Wright says, Brody Lee equals Amazon. Seth Rollins equals Wish. I, I disagree with that. Um, I think they're both very good. I like them both. K2KYD says, I should add some red lighting for cinematic effect on the cage. <laughs> and Jose Flores says, can we talk about how the Mysterio ladies have been flossing with that Louis Vuitton and Gavinci for weeks? Yes. Man, have they ever raised got that been on TV for 25 years money? I noticed it right away when I saw his daughter come through. I noticed her outfit like on on the moment I saw it. I think today she was wearing she was wearing Gavinci, I think, or something. Yes. I forgot what she was wearing today, but yeah, you can tell they they dress nice. Yeah, uh, good on them. Good on them. And now I can take down the cage. It is. Aw, boo. (laughs) We get a uh, super chat. Angel Perez says, this is what the other side of the WrestleTalk coin looks like. And a a live review after Raw. I'm digging it. Hi, Denise. Well, I thank you for joining us. We have been featured on WrestleTalk a time or two. Denise, you all can see her, what, Fridays over there? Every Friday mornings, I do the magazine show on, on Russell Talk. So, yeah. It's a good time. I like those people an awful lot. Uh, Patel Ron 6, the sponsor of No Profanity September, says, Do you like nutty bars, Denise? Like with nuts inside? No, they are or the chocolate, peanut butter, wafery, little Debbie, like rectangle thing. I've things. never had those. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are. I haven't had those. I did when I was younger, but then when I got older, I realized how low quality they are. So, eh, you know, you know. Raw Women's Championship, Asuka defeated Mickie James to retain the title. Oh, boy. So I I just want to say I loved the promo before with Mickie James. She said that people always ask her what her motivation is, and her motivation is that this might be the last time she gets a shot at the title. That felt real. It felt good. I really, really enjoyed that. I, I, I felt like it was something that she really believed, and that's what I want out of my promos, Denise. Well, I mean, how can she not, though? Yeah. I feel She's the only woman that is sort of this bridge between these generations of uh, two different generations of women's wrestling. I think she's realizing that she's at a point in her career where it's like you either do it now or you don't do it. And I think that very much crosses into her real life uh, feelings about her career returning right now to WWE. Um, I love this promo. Like you can definitely see that she she has a fire inside her and it's not something that you can try to fake, not something that you can try to duplicate. So this match, uh, oh boy. There were some good, there were some bad. They cracked each other hard. Uh, Asuka's, I mean, honestly, if if Naomi's rear view is more like Asuka's, I'd buy it more as a finisher. People run into Naomi. Asuka runs into people. That's the difference yeah. when I see that move. Um, then we get a great spinning back fist. It's more like an elbow. But Mickey whiffed on that wheel kick, which she probably shouldn't use anyway because that's Alistair Black's finish. So just don't do it. She landed a good one earlier in the ropes. But something that doesn't make sense is Mickey, after she told us how much she cares about this title, gets the DDT and goes, Ah! Why wouldn't you just do the move? Just do the move. 
And then it got real weird, Denise. This ref was all over the place to the point I got Dizzy C sending a super chat saying, Sean, do you know what happened with Asuka and Mickey James that clearly seemed like the not intended finish is Mickey hurt? I didn't hear anything about Mickey being hurt. The finger was being pointed at the referee based on the one person that I heard from from somebody else. It was um, not good, Denise. Missed, like, when they were in the ropes at one point, transitioning in and out of an arm bar. There was no rope break. There was no count when Asuka's shoulders were down. There was no verbal submission. There was nothing. None of it made any sense to me. And they couldn't explain it. They couldn't even explain it away, Denise. What do you think happened here? And Denise, Denise, I had no idea what went on, what happened. Oh, sorry, you were. Am I back? Oh, you were cutting out heavily there. Oh, oh, am I back now? Yes, you're back. Okay. Oh, okay. So prior to you know watching this live, I had no idea what went wrong or what happened. It was weird. I almost thought it was planned, but then watching it back. Uh, you know, I was trying to get like a closer look and it kind of looked like Mickey's hand touched the mat a little bit. So I think the referee saw that, jumped to a conclusion that she was tapping and sort of called the finish there. But I mean, Mickey James face said a whole lot. Like either she's a really great, great actress or that was a legit reaction to what was happening in the ring. Because to me, watching that video, I honestly think it was all on the ref. I I truly think that he jumped to conclusions. Now, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, Mickey's hurt, Mickey's hurt. I didn't see any indication of that. I may be in error here, but watching that, and I watched it like three times, to me, it was the referee, which was very, very unfortunate because I was going to come on the show and I was going to say something totally different. I was going to say that, first of all, I loved the match. And what I specifically liked about it is that even though I knew that Asuka was going to win, part of me in seeing this great match and seeing how badly Mickey James watched, wanted it with that uh, you know, pre-match promo... I wanted to see Mickey James sure. win. And that sounds kind of outrageous considering that, you know, I love Asuka and she's, you know, she's heading towards having a good championship run. But I wanted to see Mickey James after this match, after her promo. And so having this finish occur, it's kind of, it's not. It's not great, especially because Mickey James returned to WWE has had a lot of, you know, people upset with her not getting an entrance, her match being distracted, being a, a background match, essentially. And so there's been a lot of things that have gone wrong with her return, which have been very, very unfortunate because from what we saw today and what we've been seeing from her, she still has it. And not just yes. because she was, you know, a former, you know, you know from the pre- previous generation of women's wrestler does not mean that she can come out here and be women's champion. K2KYD says, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, just like Mickey. Very biased, but I wanted to go somewhere where she's appreciated for her true legend status. Well, I mean, she was an impact. Highly regarded. Highly regarded. Um, and I, I don't think she's... I think that she could be used better in NXT right now, honestly. And I think she should. I think she'd be a great player coach there and really help a lot of people. Dizzy C says, reminder that that Shayna and Mickey are only a year apart in age. It's it's wild to think. I mean, I kind of understand it because I've been watching Shayna Baszler fight MMA for 15 years. So 
Uh, Richard Martinez says, can't wait for Wrestle Talk to report via Fightful Select on WTF happened with the Mickey Oscar finish. I appreciate it when they do because it drives a lot of traffic to us. Uh, Benoit Paris says, Guava Jaritos rule. Awesome job, Sean and Denise. Hashtag FTF. Um, I don't know what Jaritos are, but I have, it's been brought up multiple times. Please keep sending those super chats, guys. I really appreciate it. Also, please leave a thumbs up if you're watching live. After this match ended up being the most positive story to emerge out of this. George Yamin says, what do you think about Zelina uh, confronting Asuka? She says she's been thinking about her future and Asuka has been reckless with the title and slaps Asuka. Based on what I've seen out of Zelina in the ring in WWE, I am completely for it. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'd like to see her win a couple matches. I don't hate it. I mean, she's one of the few women that really, really has her character on point. Never misses a beat. She knows what she's doing when she's out there. And if she she's doing everything the way she should and she's getting over and she's being impressive, why not? Yeah, I'm completely for it. Dizzy C says, Asuka versus Zelina should be a dope match, even though if I don't believe Zelina's winning at all. That's the thing. Uh, she has looked good in all of her matches, and she's very rarely a full-time wrestler. But when she's in the ring, it doesn't look bad. WWE is in a good spot with people like Lana and Zelina that they can use as managers, or they can have them go in and do matches as well, and they don't, they don't embarrass themselves. Uh, speaking of Lana, she got squashed. Real quick, a lot of people pointing the finger at Miro. To me, Lana is never going to be like a big, heavily pushed wrestler. She got beat real quick by Riot Squad, and Samoan dropped through an announce table by Naya. So there's nothing to talk about in the match. But Anshu Kamal says, Do you think Miro calling out WWE on Dynamite resulted in Lana crashing through the table? You can't help but to think that way. I know that right away I was seeing it. People are like, is this a receipt for that? I'm not here to say confirm yes or no, but one can't help but to make those assumptions. Yeah. You can't help but to assume that, and I think it's a safe assumption. Yeah. I think it's it's a safe assumption. Also, I love that Riot Squad keep winning. I, I, I don't know how many times I've beaten that drum to death. I like seeing winners face other winners. And they have won, or the, I should say this, they have gone unbeaten in their last seven matches together as a team. So what I don't want, Denise, is the week before they have their title match, them to lose via some distraction or something like that. I like that they are winners. Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, but the thing is that, like, I'm glad that they're winning too, but a lot of their matches haven't necessarily been that impressive for me. So I would like to see more impressive matches though. That way I can actually, the wins can mean a whole lot more to me. So back to the Zelina thing, there's something I kind of fear. Within the context of the program, it does not make sense that Zelina is like, yeah, title shot. Because Bianca Belair should walk out there and push her down and say, no, I beat you a bunch. But my fear is that WWE would be like, oh, well, we can fix this and have Zelina beat her. Oh, no, Ugh. I don't think they will. Part of me still feels that they're saving Bianca for some, some something really special. Maybe I have high hopes. I don't know. But that's just, from what I've seen, it feels like they want to pull the trigger with her, but they're waiting for the proper moment. 
Gorilla Press into Super Chat. Thank you very much. He says, hashtag FTF, hashtag press that press. He is risen. Indeed. You can be risen when you use bluechew.com code Fightful. So, you know, I, I I used to like Raw Underground. Throwback 27. Yeah, you used to be a fan. Yeah, I did, because I love the style. Love the style. Throwback 27, our, our guy, watch a show on Tuesdays. He says, happy anniversary, guys. With Braun being on Raw Underground, could this lead to him doing it more or possibly lead to him going for another title? I don't know, Throwback, because I don't know what rules they're going to change on a week-to-week basis. They did this big showcase for Braun, and I wish I could provide a better answer to Throwback's question, but I don't know. I don't know what rules they're going to break and allow next. Braun bullies his way onto Raw Underground, and Shane's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing here? And Braun's like, well, I'm just going in. What's the point of that big seven-foot monster that you're keeping by the door, Denise? Oh, he was huge. Yeah. It's and so I didn't st- realize it until he was next to Braun. Do you know how mad... Uh, okay, I don't want to say mad. I never get mad at wrestling. Do you know how annoyed I got when Michael Cole goes, Well, from what I understand, anybody can appear on Raw Underground. For example, the Hurt Business went and did business there. They're on Raw. It's called Raw Underground. Now, I get it. Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir, Cal Bloom... Some of those people have showed up. Daba Kato. They're from the Performance Center. That makes a little bit more sense to me. This seems lazy to me, Denise. They change the rules as they go, and they can do that because they make the rules, but it's lazy to me. But it's been that way since the start. I mean, what are the rules? Why are they fighting? Who's allowed to be in there? I mean, when he's okay, you you had this assumption of because it's on Raw, anybody can be on there. Was that ever actually stated? Because not, not I didn't tonight. realize it. Not till tonight. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. It's not something that was necessarily common knowledge. And I mean, yeah, you can say, oh, well, because it's the raw brand. But we should we should be told in advance what the rules are, what what the requirements are, if there's ever any requirements. But I mean, this has been this has been probably my least favorite thing about Raw since it came on. I mean, I'm personally just not a big fan of it. I feel like every week we see the same thing. Things that we didn't expect, and then all of a sudden, a big guy comes out and destroys whoever was already fighting in the ring. It's the same thing all the time. So I'm personally just not a big fan, and I just feel like I feel like we're supposed to be excited about it, but I, yeah. I'm not. I like that Pineapple Pete was in the crowd for Raw Underground. He's like a regular crowd member, for, or was, for AEW. Wrestled Jericho on TV, and now he's in the crowd for Raw Underground. Well... I do also enjoy that Ziggler was like, I I enjoy commentary, but I like elbowing people in the skull, too. He beats up a jobber. Him and Riddick Moss get into it, but that's not the story. The story is that Braun Strowman's there beating up jobbers. He beats up Titus O'Neil and chokes him out. Uh, Moss and Ziggler end up double-teaming him. They both get beaten up, but this is all to set up Daba Kato stepping up. To me, it doesn't look so tough of Daba Kato to step up after Braun has beaten a jobber, Riddick Moss three times, Ziggler and Riddick Moss, and Titus O'Neil. Like, that, that's not that impressive. But Shane McMahon's like, next week, next week we'll do it. Okay, whatever. 
Uh, the two big guys, the one big guy against another big guy, it does nothing for me. Well, uh, Angel Perez says, what are the rules? I seen that question in my day-to-day life. I don't understand the reference, but I'm about to start. So, Denise, I asked somebody who is often in attendance at the Raw Underground tapings. I was like, what is a finish there? Like, what ends a match? And they said, I don't know. I guess whenever Shane decides it's over. And that made an insane amount of sense to me. I was like, God, if they just said that on the show, if they said that Shane McMahon is Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat, and he's just <gasps> sitting there like, impress me, and I will decide when you're dead, I would, I would be like, okay, so just arbitrarily, whenever he thinks it's over, okay, at least then, within the context of the show, it makes sense that he's just like, nah, whatever, I'm bored. Let's move on. But that goes against everything because isn't it supposed it to give off like the real sports feel there? That's not what – that doesn't make any sense though. Kind of. It really cause, doesn't. Because it's underground. It's more like underground bare knuckle MMA, illegal MMA, which – But it's, it's supposed to be legit is what – that's my kinda, assumption yeah. of what how the presentation is supposed to be like. That doesn't seem legit to me. Yeah, but if people – just have one guy – at his whim, saying this is this is when it's over, this is when it's not, this is who wins, this is who doesn't. Yeah, but also people are getting their eyes gouged out and their David Dickers ripped off by Dabba Kato. Uh, th- that is happening. That is happening. Uh, Anshu Kamal says, do you think Zelina will be the manager for Asuka? You know, I wouldn't hate that down the line if Asuka w- said she wanted Zelina as a manager. no. I, I would hate it. it. Really? I'm going to hate it. Yes, because a lot of Asuka's charm is her personality. And if she's True. not talking and she's not going off on the microphone and she's not dancing up a storm or whatever it is that Asuka does, it, it, it's not going to go. No, I, I, I like Asuka the way she is. I, I don't disagree with that. I just think that she could play. Uh, I, she, I think she and Zelina can play off each other pretty well. Well, Kevin Owens cuts a pretty funny promo about how Aleister Black is mad about not getting the shirt at Hot Topic he wanted and about how he sat in a dark room for a year wanting people to fight him, but nobody cared enough now. I I, I did not see a lot of this coming. I did not think that Owens was going to win this match. I, I, I was torn on the finish. I hate distraction finishes, but as far as this one goes, I was like, I've seen worse, but I still don't like them. How'd you feel I about didn't this? like it. It was very, very weak. It, it made Alistair look dumb. And he's supposed to come out here and he's supposed to be like, they're giving them the whole like, you know, I'm he's, he's coming across as like very bitter to me. He's just sure. going to attack whoever's in his way. So for him to just be, you know, thrown off by that, I mean, it wasn't anything, anything that should have necessarily thrown him off. But it was. So I didn't, I didn't like the finish. But I mean, given that I'm sure we're going to see Alistair Black, Kevin Owens again, then I guess it makes sense. I will say that I thought Kevin Owens was going to tap out to that knee bar like three different times. He is really, really good at making you think he's going to tap out. I didn't think Kevin Owens was going to win this match at all. I did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, he has just been pushed down and down and down the card. But because he wins, it leads me to think that they're probably redoing this. They're probably going to do it at clash of champions maybe and i hope they do because then maybe wwe will finally give me that interview with him so, <laughs> <laughs> so well, here's the thing too oh it's, it's one oh, of those sorry. things like i don't want to see a match over and over again but 
I want, I want to interview Kevin Owens, and they're only going to give me an interview with Kevin Owens if he's promoting an upcoming pay-per-view. That's just the way the game works with me. Yeah. And you're she frozen. You're frozen again. This match. Denise is frozen again. Her internet, you're, you're back, but your oh, internet okay. hates your candy bar choices so much that it froze you. Yeah. A reminder, guys, get in your Super Chats. This is our last segment of the show, but make sure you check out all of our shows this week. I dropped an interview with new WWE signing Anthony Green. As I mentioned, it's tough for me to get WWE interviews. So when I got the inkling that this guy was going to get signed, I hit him up and said, hey, I would like to interview you before I can't anymore. And it was a great talk. We talked for over 50 minutes. I've got one with uh, Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young, talking New Japan this weekend. Uh, I think it's on Friday. I interviewed Ring of Honor's Tracy Williams last week. Got a bunch of interviews over there. Check them out. Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. These brawls backstage. So uh, Keith Lee says it was not a coincidence that he won the only match Drew didn't interfere in. He had to bring it up, Denise. Otherwise, they would have done it would have been promotional malpractice to not do it. I'm so glad he did, and I'm glad it led to them fighting. I love the the fact that they were essentially fighting the entire time backstage. I thought that was cool. I thought they I think both guys presented it both well well. But in terms of this actual match, I mean, Keith Lee has had so many non-finishes in, like, almost every single match that he's done that at some point it's like, all right, we got to give this guy an actual finish here. Yeah. Well, uh, that did not happen tonight. They brawled, and it made me feel like I was going to see five straight matches of them. The camera shook everywhere. I could barely see it. It's horrible. They they got to stop this. It takes away so much from what they're doing. It's so frustrating. And everybody sees it but them. But it got worse, too. Once Retribution came out, it got, like, worse. It, I didn't notice it as much with the match itself. I noticed it more when Retribution came out. It was, like, one minute it was, like, there, and the next minute you're there. And it, it was a lot for me on this one. It was very noticeable. Well, we got a match. Keith Lee is rocking a singlet now. I don't hate it, but what do you think? I think it looks a lot better than what he was wearing before. Yeah, that vest, it, it was not doing it. Not doing it. So they, they've got the fractured jaw playing a factor in here. The fan audio is, or the, the fake, fake audio is so bad. I wish they'd find a way to use something. something. It doesn't bother me that much. I see oh, a lot of people it. say they don't like it. I don't hate it. I loathe it. It's so fake. But we don't get a finish because Retribution shows up. Lee and Drew try to fight them off. Uh, now three of Keith Lee's five Raw matches have ended in a DQ or no contest. K2KYD says, Tired of non-finishes? Try Blue Chew and use code FIGHTFUL. Oh, let me tell you. Completion will be achieved when you use Blue Chew code FIGHTFUL. One of the things I noticed about Retribution attacking was that the big fella, who is very clearly Dominic Dijakovic, held off attacking Keith Lee a little bit and was agged on a little bit by his buddies, then was like, ah, oh well, and did it anyway. I didn't even notice that. There was just so much going on. I didn't even catch that. 
Yes. So uh, the names that post wrestling revealed as Retribution were Shane Thorne, uh, Shane Thorne, Dominic Dijakovic, Dio Madden, the former commentator on Raw, Mercedes Martinez, and Mia Yim. Mia Yim would have some explaining to do there, don't you think? <laughs> Probably. So, uh, Andrew Kamal says, I need whatever Kevin Dunn is high on. Yeah, these cameras were so bad, and it got worse when uh, the, the Hurt Business came out. I love that the Hurt Business did not beg off. They did not cower away. They said they were going to do something, and they did their best to do it, but they got overtaken. Keith Lee... Drew McIntyre, Drew has had major problems with the Hurt Business, did flips out onto Retribution and stared at each other. Eloquent brings up a good point. Why didn't they unmask somebody in Retribution after the tope? That is a very good point. I, I didn't count that, but I will say this, though. I loved the finish of Raw. I thought it was cool when the Hurt Business basically took, you know, undid their ties, took out their jackets, and just, it looked, it was a, it was an awesome visual, them walking down the ramp and, and going, you know, headfirst into Retribution. I thought that was cool. I thought the double dive with Drew and Keith Lee was an awesome way to sort of, you know, tie it all together and end it there. So I did think that was cool, but now that he brings that up, I think that they should have taken the opportunity to unmask a few people. Yes, they should have. Uh, August 3 says, Hurt Business should end Retribution and come out as the best thing ever to get them over. Only way to salvage Retribution for an act that works. I disagree. I think that if legitimately one person comes out and beats up all of Retribution and they can it, it'd be fine. But at this point, they're too deep in. They gotta do something substantial with Retribution. We all know that this was a just a neck-snapping reaction to people on the quarterly call asking Vince McMahon, hey, buddy, what are you going to do about these viewerships numbers? What are you going to do about these ratings? And Vince going, oh, well, we'll do better with creative. And all of a sudden, they just change stuff. Raw Underground, Retribution, all these things changing. It's very transparent. Very transparent. I mean, at, at the same time, like, even though it has not everything has been, you know, working out, I do like the idea that there is at least things being done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not like the biggest raw underground fan. I'm not the biggest retribution fan, but at least we're getting some new ideas thrown in there. So I can't necessarily be like, oh, I hate it completely. But if you know. this stuff, if they just glued it together a little bit better into where it made sense. Like, why isn't Retribution on SmackDown? How are Retribution allowed there? Why haven't they been arrested? Why aren't they getting unmasked? All if it I wasn't done, like, goofy in a silly way, that if it was presented differently, maybe I can definitely see, like, something like Retribution definitely getting over and being something seen as cool instead of sort of silly. I have a low standard for wrestling. I just need it to make sense, and I'm probably going to enjoy it. If it makes sense, I'll probably enjoy it because I want to. That's it. Andrew Kamal says, no, due to no finish for Drew versus Keith, is the Universal title match going to be a triple threat at Clash of Champions? Could you imagine a triple threat ambulance match, Denise? Hey, let's do it. If I, it's, mean, I guess if it spices it up, right? Couldn't be worse than a one-on-one -on -one ambulance match, that's for sure. Gorilla Press says, hashtag FTF, we are leaving le next month 
with the Wrestle Talk Tag Team Championships, he is risen. I don't know what that means, but he also says she has that Cap'n Crunch network. I don't know what that means either. I appreciate your super chats, but I very rarely know what they mean. Patel Ron Six, the sponsor of No Profanity September, says, You don't eat your Twix with a fork and knife, SRS? I would if it would mean they weren't stale, but they're usually stale, unfortunately. I love Twix. It's probably my favorite. Gorilla Wait, Press says... Eat Twix with forks and knives? <laughs> Gorilla Press says, I talk to Dijak all the time. He denies it while laughing hysterically. I'll tell you firsthand, he doesn't look convincing. Well, hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> now I don't know who this is. Oh, <laughs> Rock says, Vanitas1 says, unrelated to Raw, but do you think Sasha Banks will win the Rumble? And if so, should she and Bayley main event WrestleMania? My answer to that, Denise, is yes, I do think she will win the Royal Rumble. And as of right now, I think that she and Bayley should headline WrestleMania. What do you think? Well, I thought that's what they were going for for like the longest time. But then after they sort of did the breakup, I wasn't expecting for it to happen, you know, right now. And so I thought that maybe they weren't going to hold off until then. But I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that they do because it seems like the only right match to as of right now, as of this moment, that feels like the only match to main event WrestleMania. Denise, we went long tonight. But go ahead, plug some stuff. It's our podiversary. It's been a wonderful year. Yes, our podiversary. I'm very happy. Um, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm almost going to hit 8,000 Twitter followers. And then after that, I'm still trying to beat you, SRS. And I'm still trying to take over and, you know, beat you at Twitter followers. I'm still going for that. Um, and then YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm posting tons of video content out there. So go check it out. Subscribe. Um, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm stuck at a measly 56,300. At a measly 56,000. Wow. Two years wow. ago, two years ago, I hit 10K. So I'm telling you, Denise, when you hit 10K, it'll just start rolling. It'll just start rolling. <laughs> Gorilla Press said, let's open a dialogue. I've DM'd you. You'll understand me. Never going to hate getting a new source, my friends. FightfulSelect.com. Let me just let you all in a little secret. Uh, our Fightful team sent me some mock-ups of what it will look like when we move it to Fightful.com. You guys are going to love it. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff planned for you. But go ahead and subscribe. Thank you all so much. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.